Welcome. Well, hello, it's your friendly neighborhood, J-Mac, back at it again with another installment of What They Did Right. And like we said, for What They Did Right, we're going to pull one of the most popular podcasts and talk about what they did right. This week, it's the Joe Rogan Experience. check out the Joe Rogan experience. Of course, we got to check out the Joe Rogan experience because it's not like it's not the most popular podcast on the internet, man. So how's he doing it? What do he do right? And what notes can we take to help you grow your show? We're going to take a look at that today. We're going to give the Joe Rogan experience just one listen. We're going to unpack a few things. So let's talk through it. Synthesis technology. All right, I'm going to pull back the the cheesy 80s music, and then we're going to jump into it, man. I don't know if I like that intro music, but it feels good. It just gets me pumped to do the show, and I think that's what matters most, man. Um, I wanted to point something out, man. I noticed today, I think it was today or a few days ago, um, on a separate note, Rory and Maul released the Rory and Maul podcast. Now, if you're not familiar with the old Joe Budden podcast, I think this plays a little bit in what we're talking to today. Um, so I want to point out the first thing I want to point out before we jump into the Joe Rogan experience is that some of these shows that are massive, okay, you have massive networks and then you have a concept of massive celebrity and star power through way of interviews and guests. And um, some of these shows rely heavily on that and they would be nothing without it for obvious reasons. So you could sit here and record your show and you could throw down an episode with uh, a lawyer who takes on interesting cases around the city of Detroit. And uh, you could be a great host and you could have a great show. And you may get 20 listens an episode and do it for three years and nobody ever discover you. Why? Because you never reached that tipping point. You never got to a point where people heard who you were and you never got to a point of celebrity where you got to leverage that for audience. Now, the Rory and Maul show is an interesting perspective on this because what they did is they started with a recording artist by the name of Joe Budden. He's a famous rapper and he's known for being emotional and outspoken. And he used to have the Joe Budden podcast and Spotify picked him up just like they did Joe Rogan and uh, Rory and Maul were his co-hosts and they were kind of like his minions and they're not going to admit it today, but they were his minions and they wouldn't even exist and nobody would even care about what they have to say had it not been for Joe Budden. Now, I don't like to admit that because I'm not a Joe Budden fan. I think he's kind of a douchebag. In fact, I interviewed him. Uh, me and my co-host interviewed him on the uh, Live from the Basement show uh, a few years back. And he's kind of a douche. Uh, just like Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> um, but, but... Those guys, just like us, we wouldn't have gotten the listens we got if had we not interviewed Joe Budden. Those guys would not be anything. They wouldn't be able to start the Rory and Maul podcast had it not been for Joe Budden. So I'm going to make sure that you keep that in mind when we look at a podcast such as um, 
the Dax Shepard show or whatever that is, or the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, or the Joe Rogan experience, or the Theo Vaughn podcast, or Chris D'Elia, like these guys' shows would be nothing had they not already been celebrities, okay, to leverage. So with that said, we're going to jump into the Joe Rogan podcast and we're going to look at what we think he did right and take some notes. So take some notes with me. And if you do a show that does a lot of interviews, I hope you're taking some notes, just like we did with the Radio Lab one this week. We're going to check out Joe Rogan. I'm going to listen to episode number 1660. He's putting episode numbers in. Don't know why he's doing it. Uh, with David Lee Roth. Let's give it a listen. Podcast. Check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Likewise, Joe, you, you handle aging better than anybody that I know. You stay yourself through thick and thin. You are yourself. Please explain self, son. <laughs> okay. So um, one thing I want to point out, a couple things I want to point out. One interview or the um, intro has nothing so basic. It's a basic. Super basic. Okay. There's not a whole lot to it. Straight into the point. Simply edited. Joe Rogan. This is the Joe Rogan podcast. Some weird AI sound and voice. Done. We're there. And then he opens with David Lee Roth, who's his interview victim this week. And um, gets right to it. And listen how he kicks off the interview. Does he ask him what he's promoting? Does he ask him about his new song, his new album, his new work? Does he ask him about anything regarding his job? No. What's he say? Are you? You don't, you know, you have, you're, you carry zero pretense. You, you are just who you are. And you're eccentric, but it is genuine. I enjoy folks. I so right out, it's compliment, observation, jumping him out of promotion mode. Because you have to understand that when you're interviewing, especially people who do regular interviews like celebrity guests or anybody that's of any, um, as any celebrity whatsoever, uh, they are groomed with how they should answer questions. Uh, they're trained on how to speak to the press and they're told certain keywords and phrases and things that they need to use in order to promote their product or service or song or whatever it is that they're pushing to be on your, um, on your, on your show. And so a sneaky trick that a lot of these interviewers will do that I hope you pull from that I think I've mentioned before is you ask a question or you create a narrative around uh, something personal and snap them out of that mode. If you pay attention to Jimmy Fallon or any of these guys, when they open up a show um, and they start to talk, Hey man, how are you doing? And then they'll ask them and they'll start, yeah, man, my kids or whatever, whatever. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's a bad example because they rehearse the day before. So they kind of know the questions that are coming through. But if you listen to Stern, for example, especially when it comes to the interview format is he'll observe what their appearance is. Why does your hair look like that today? You're looking kind of crazy. Got to be honest. Boom. Out of promo mode. But when they get to a point where they start talking about their 
TV show or they're trying to push their album or whatever, you hear people's tone and cadence and delivery completely change. So it'll go from, yeah, man, my kids are crazy. If they play Frisbee all day, which none do, they play Fortnite all day, Minecraft. Let's talk about that movie. Oh yeah, the movie. So let's talk about this scene. So what happened is um, I'm in the new Spider-Man movie and you'll see what happens is uh, the uh, the villain comes out and da, da, da. Their, their tone completely changes. And you bear that in mind when you're listening to these interviews. And this is what Joe Rogan is a king of. He knows how to be an observer and how to listen and take his time. His episodes range from an hour to two hours to three hours. Listen to this. I enjoy entertaining folks. I enjoy learning from folks, whether that's in a formatted kind of a thing or whether we're gathered around the campfire or the occasional bong. Yes. <laughs> the alleged bong. Um, that's something that most of us, I think perhaps we were compelled to skip out on that once we leave school. Once we leave the club level in showbiz, where we're confronted with all kinds of other neighborhoods of folks and, you know, different kinds of shoes and haircuts and music and approaches to the politic and social. And once you're out of school, you kind of, okay, I joined the law firm. Now I only go out with the law firm folks and join that country club. Or you become a permanent below 14. You hear how he's just letting him roll. Now, I've spoken in the past um, when we've had interviews where you listen to a show and they have an interview and I say, man, that interview is owning you. You need to get control of that. There's a huge difference if you have a celebrity on your show. Um, If it's somebody that you're trying to bring your audience up to speed on versus people who are coming directly to your show to listen to that guest. So, for example, if you have Steve... If you have, um, if you have, uh, let's say you have a religious show and you have Steve, the pastor, a Baptist pastor from Tennessee, and we're going to talk about the teachings of God today and people are going to go dope. Okay. And he's owning your show and you and he's in his, on his phone and you're going to go, ah, and the listeners are going to just, okay. And they're going to drone out versus And you need to be part of that conversation. You need to be interjecting. You need to be guiding that conversation very much. Now, if you have Al Sharpton on your show, the Reverend Al Sharpton, the Reverend Jesse Jackson, or somebody like that to speak on your show, there are people who are coming in droves just to hear them speak. So you absolutely do not guide that conversation. You guide it, but you become an observer more so than a controller, uh, an air traffic controller. Do you know what I mean? So this is what Rogan's getting really good at or has become really good at is he lets them riff and he kind of just surfs the wave. Street downtown, and ah, I haven't been up above 14th Street in uh, four years. You used to hear that, right? Yeah. So... When you, when you lose that, uh, and listen to the, listen to the quality. Okay. This is why I'm so adamant, adamant on you both being in the same room. Yes, yes, yes. Rogan has the best equipment you can get. His job is a podcaster now, but listen to the background. Leaving clubs, right? You leave clubs, you kind of leave contact with people, right? You remember the quad, the hiss, they have no noise gate. It's flat. 
like it's flat. Yeah, the quiet at school. The quiet. But how much are you willing to look past that? Because for Christ's sake, it's Joe Rogan talking to David Lee Roth. It means oh. a square place where you see what I'm saying now. Now you, you're a random person, and in 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 um, in southern in South Dakota recording a show, and you're talking to Steve Johnston, DDS, about dental uh, malpractice. It's on you to push that quality. Joe Rogan doesn't have to do that. Okay, I've talked enough about that. Let's talk about what they're doing right, though. I've already talked about the intro. I've talked about the interview pieces. We've talked about the quality. Oh. <laughs> Shalom. What's with the outfit, the painting outfit? I like um, it. This is kind of what I wear. See, right. he ain't letting him touch anything to promote right now. Not even. We're three minutes in, and he's not touching a promotion. It's the way it should be. You're there to you're there to record the show. Uh, let's stay together. And Jesus just left Chicago by ZZ Top. Oh, <laughs> I'm you know when this you know you can't so say that about people's children. They, they can't deal with these kinds of subjects. The show was obviously live, so they couldn't control you while you were actually oh, on the air. It was great. I was yeah. wonderful. Then I suggested, you know, there was combat issues. I would go deep. I would, uh, well, for example, what do you think about my kids' idea? And you have to put bear in mind, too, is the choice of interview. Um, vet them, right? It's David Lee Roth. He's known for saying outspoken things. You know what I mean? I think there's benefit and disparity in that. It makes kids want to work harder to achieve things. It makes other kids appreciate that they're fortunate they have things that other kids don't. There's like there's a balance. I think what's more important than anything is compassion. And there's always going to be people that have more, and there's always going to be people that have less. The real problem is when that becomes everything, when that becomes your defining characteristic, when that becomes your personality, when that becomes th the thing that everyone's aspiring to. I agree. I, I guess what this harkens back to is the specific episode of The Little Rascals. <laughs> and then we're just going to see how he closes it out. Hey. Bye. It does. Can you imagine a gig where one bad review literally puts you up the chimneys? And that was another expression he would use. For everybody hiding during World War II. Every time I sing, I sing as if my life depended on it. Does that make sense? It does. I think this is a good way to wrap this up. That's a perfect way to wrap it up. Dave, it's always a pleasure, my friend. More than ever, Joe. It is. More than ever. Thank you very much. Hey. Bye, everybody. And that's how you close out a show. Straight into the point. Fast in. Fast out. Um, doesn't allow them to promote. You're not asking them about, tell us about yourself. Which I'd like to add, when you ask somebody that for an interview, if you haven't done your homework, tell us about yourself is super insulting because you, they expect that you've done your homework, just like anybody would. Tell us about yourself, you know? Um, so fast in, fast out. Riding the wave, when you have a celebrity guest, that you, whoever you perceive as a celebrity, you ride the wave. Let them guide the conversation. 
let them riff if they have to, and you can edit it down later. Don't get into uh, uh, what I'll call a dick sized competition with them where you have to listen and you have to be make yourself just as important. But at the same time, balance that with being fearless to speak your mind during the interview because you will gain that respect. Don't be like me. I would typically fall into fanboy mode and, and, and freak out. You know, uh, I used to take the stance on my show when we'd have a celebrity interview where when we had somebody on, I would absolutely ask them something that I would always ask the dumb questions, the questions that were, that were, that were the ones that you and I would ask. We had the staged questions that were like, tell us about your album. Tell us what you've been up to. Tell us. I had that whole conversation. Then it would be like, man, what, what, do you have a pool in your house? You know what I'm saying? And it's like that. Like it's a, it's a game, but you have to keep in mind. I think, I think, um, as you grow, take notes from this quick in, quick out, ride the wave. It's always better to have an interview guest in the room with you. It's clear. Create that chemistry, man, and enjoy it. Like, have fun with it. And that's it. That's the last episode uh, this week, or the episode for this week of what they did right. Uh, We'll catch you for the next installment next week.